I'm glad you found your dog. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. to the Mark Out Movie Podcast. Aaron lost his dog yeah. earlier. He just said he found it. And as we went live, I said, yeah. I'm glad you found your dog. Well, the dog yeah. is, uh, is, is, is at the Humane Society, but we'll be picking him up tomorrow. But yeah. Um, Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spivey. And we are, as I said, we are the Workout Movie Podcasters. And on today's episode, we are reviewing my pick, sadly, The Christmas Chronicles 2. Hello, hey, Bill. Yes, Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Uh, now, this is the follow-up. This is a sequel to 2018's Christmas Chronicles, which is also done by uh, Chris Columbus. Uh, which is actually a really good movie, uh, a good Christmas movie uh, with Kurt Russell uh, and a few other people in it. But boy, did the 2020 rem- uh, sequel to it blow chunks. Um, Kate Pierce, now a cynical teen, is unexpectedly reunited with Santa Claus with a mysterious troublemaker threatened when a mysterious troublemaker threatens to cancel Christmas forever. Sorry, Kurt Russell, who's I like Kurt. He's not so much in this. Uh Goldie Hahn, which she's there. Uh Darby Camp. Uh Julian Dennison as Bell's Nickel. Uh and then Jazir Bruno as Jack. He's from Deadpool then, too. Uh really? Mm-hmm. He plays a little kid that they're trying to kill. Well, and then uh, which little kid? Uh, the 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 Bell's nickel. Yeah. Oh, really? I knew he looked familiar. I, I couldn't. I didn't know where I saw him. At. That, that makes sense. Um, and then Tyrese Gibson is not the character from Fast and Furious, but or maybe it is, and he's on vacation. And he has new family. And we're gonna talk about that. Um. Brandon, you ready to go ahead and give the mark as for this movie? You mean the numbers? Yeah, that this movie got me all disproportionate. Uh, this movie got a six out of ten on IMDb. It's got um, three out of five on Common Sense. Eighty <laughs> percent like it on Google. It has a sixty-five percent on Rotten Tomato Meter with an audience score of forty-five percent, and that's where I'm leaning towards that latter part. <laughs> That's 45. I agree with that number. Um, I could go ahead and tell you what went wrong with this movie. Uh, first, yeah, everything. <laughs> but first, one of the most compelling characters in the first film was Teddy. And we had little to no Teddy in this movie. Uh, I, I like Teddy in the first film. Uh, he's the older brother that was the troublemaker who uh, becomes a believer in Santa, essentially. Um and Kate is the character that I didn't like in the first one, but in this movie we're stuck with more Kate. And then not only that, we add another annoying kid, Jake or Jack or whatever his name. And it's just this movie's terrible. Yeah, uh, it's it's terrible. Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm dealing with some some back issues today. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I agree with you on the Teddy part. Um, you know, he was the, he was one of my favorite parts in the movie. I loved 
I just love this whole story arc in the first movie, and they kind of it's they kind of recycle that with the daughter this time around that she didn't get to say goodbye and all that stuff. It, but we've already seen it, and we've seen it more compelling. The first film, you you get like five minutes of Teddy here. Uh, you know, she's having issues with her mom dating Tyrese. And first off, do you believe they're a couple? I mean, do you you look at Kimberly Paisley and you look at Tyrese? Do you believe that's a that's a thing? Realistically, uh, like they claim well, I'm talking they about the characters. I'm not, I'm not talking about the people. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just the characters. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. But they claimed that they knew each other uh, for a very long time. Like he'd known her for for some years, uh, and so I guess this might have been an old boyfriend or old friend from prior to her her husband who passed away in a fire in the first five not on screen obviously but um I don't buy I don't buy I don't buy Tyrese in anything. Like literally other than he's now just pigeon held as pigeon to hold I don't know if that's the term, but he's held as the character from Fashion Furious for me, even in Morbius, I was like like literally, if we I mentioned this yesterday. You said it, and I and I and I agree with you. You said as soon as he popped up on screen, you rolled your eyes, and literally that's what I, I did the same exact thing when I seen him on screen. And that's and that was the same way with Morbius. I was like, like I literally could just be okay with that Tyrese, and I'd be okay. <laughs> that's how I feel. And so no, I don't buy them as a couple. Just they seem too opposite. Yeah, but I don't know nothing about him. It, uh, like his character is so flat, you don't know nothing about him at all. Hey, that's hard, Tyrese. He's from the Fast and Furious movies. He'll bring in viewers. <laughs> Man, it's just like you know, it just and then um, also the randomness of them going to uh, like uh, summer, like a. Uh, vacation like christmas vacation in a in a tropical place uh it just was and um and, and you know and and I, you know everybody just split up it was just like what kind of family vacation is this yeah i remember when i first watched this i really i i remember um hoping that teddy I was like, well, maybe they're going to go back and get Teddy or get him to, because I really wanted, and that's what was missing for me in this film, is Teddy. Teddy was like the glue that held everybody, all the other characters together in the first film. Uh, he, uh, he worked well with Kurt. Uh, he worked, you know, he worked well with Kate, you know, dealing yeah. with her annoyingness. But she, I, I could, she was palatable with Teddy, fil- like filtering through Teddy. And the other kid, I guess he had been okay, but I guess they wanted just to have an adventure with the new kid, Kate. And then, uh, and then I guess, you know, Kurt probably said, hey, I want Goaty to have more screen time. <laughs> God bless him. She she got more screen time. Oh, Lord. Yeah, she got more screen time when she, you know... I was I was expecting something completely different in this movie than what what was given. Like when I heard that she was going to have a bigger role, I was like, "Well, Goldie and Kurtz always had good chemistry on screen, so that, that that'll be fun." And it was the opposite of fun. It was borderline boring. It's like she's kind. Of, I don't want to disrespect her, but she kind of sucks. 
in this. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to call it like it is. She sucks. Uh, Kurt's not very good in this either, in my opinion. I feel like he, like the difference between him and the first one and this one, he's having fun in that first movie. He's singing like Elvis. You even brought that up when you were watching it uh, last night. Yeah. That watching the first film before you watched the sequel, you know, he you didn't notice that he was actually essentially playing Elvis during that jail scene. Um, he had fun. And, with and what brought it out for me though is actually, and this and this is a. Uh, this is a uh, admiration for how well Austin Blair did. Uh, Austin Butler, rather, did. Um, I was right, Austin Butler. I didn't, Austin I didn't, Butler. I didn't mess it. Uh, he did an excellent job just with the mannerisms of Elvis because it was, it was when I seen Kurt do that little shimmy thing like that with the hands up, and immediately I went straight to like Austin as Elvis. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't realize that Kurt was pretty much doing his Elvis shtick, you know, like reliving it. Yeah. Um, and then you brought up that, well, this is technically is like his third time really doing like an Elvis type of thing. He played Elvis in the Carpenter film, which I've never seen. It's one of the two to three Carpenter films, two or, two or three Carpenter films I have never seen. Um, and, um, and what else? Uh, he is, uh, he was in uh, Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. Yeah. And lastly, is it this? Is that what you referred to? Well, he um, he did a little scene in Forrest Gump, as well. You know, when Forrest was teaching Elvis how to dance, they used him somehow in that scene. I don't know if it was just the leg shaking or what, but they they or maybe it was just the voice. I'm not sure, but I, I know that he he was part of that movie in some fashion as Elvis. Um, but yeah, I, I just, though, I think <sighs> Kurt just looked like he was, he, he was there for a paycheck in this one. Like he knew the yeah. script was bad. I'm not going to have a good time here and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get through it. And they did something yeah. that they do in Santa Claus sequels. They got to have this villain, this disgruntled employee of a sorts, as his villain is going to try to destroy Christmas and try to destroy Santa. And I'm just, it's, it's, it's a boring plot line and it needs to stop. It didn't work in Santa Claus. What was it? Three. It didn't, mm-hmm. didn't really work. You, you said, is it, it Kevin Spacey when he played him in Fred Claus doing the same thing? Didn't really work there either. You know, he kind of took away from what was actually going on and, you know, it just needs to stop. Like when I saw that yeah. at the beginning, this elf was gonna like try to destroy Christmas, and I was like, God, not this again. <laughs> I just watched this with Santa Claus three, uh, and Fred Claus. I mean, I just I hate that little story arc. You know, I just I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too, man. I think that it uh, just that uh, this this played out, man, with the villain. Um, that wants to shut down the whole operation. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best at it would probably honestly be Kevin Spacey trying to do it with, uh, the, um, with, with Fred Claus. Uh, but, but, you know, there's probably other, other concepts that I'm not thinking about, but still, I think that it's just immediately when I seen him and he has like a little elf that's helping him and he has like the, the, uh, 
the uh the tiger or the the whatever cat you call it um but it's just so dumb it's just dumb and it's cheap and it just felt like oh man just the movie felt like a waste of time and and even like comparing the uh singing and the song and that they chose for the first film in the jail which felt more natural felt like a fun time like i had fun with it whereas this one the airport christmas song was just like so boring it was just like it was not and, and then like they did the force yeah and they did something dumb with the the security guard clearly a stunt double doing like the dances and jumping around um yeah it just was uh silly um <clears throat> this is just a waste of a movie uh yeah. And uh, and the waste of Kurt Russell's talents, honestly. Um that's <laughs> how I feel. I agree, I agree. It was it was a waste. Um <laughs> you know they went wrong with this movie from the get go with the elf and then no Teddy and oh, it just Kurt Russell just didn't look like he was having a good time. He just looked like he was there for a paycheck, just trying to get through it. Even though he had his wife with him. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I just is a she didn't she didn't look like she had fun either. Like literally, like with the this night and day between yeah. us, uh, Christmas Chronicles and Christmas Chronicles two, uh, you can tell that they didn't have as much fun. Like the first one, you know, Chris Columbus comes from the uh, he's a, a student of of Spielberg. Um, I say he Joe Dante. Um, Maybe a few. Uh, we know um, what's his name. Uh, Super Eight. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams De- definitely is a student of Spielberg. Um, I'll, th- I'll throw Jordan Peele out there. He seemed like he's a student of Spielberg as well. Uh, but um, I think that th- they have. So with that being said, they kind of tend to capture that magic that Spielberg has when it comes to like the first film had that magical have those magical elements and like we we talked we spoke about this before it's just something you can't really put your finger on it's just like when you watch like a spielberg film you just feel like uh transported to a, a different place uh, i yeah. felt the same way with uh goonies uh and that was uh chris columbus uh i think no it was uh, donner i think it was dick donner um that did that, but Spielberg was heavily, heavily involved. He's like the producer. So I had Spielberg all in it. Um, then uh, what the other one that I was thinking about, like there's so many other ones, man, that Gremlins, you know, that was, uh, I think Joe Dante. I think it's Joe Dante. Uh, but also Spielberg is all in it. He's producer. Just he has, like when when he is involved with with something with these people, he tend to make them great and make the productions great. And, uh, and I think that Chris Columbus on his own did really like the first one felt like that magical type of film. You know, it's hard to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I mean, well, I think Chris Columbus, obviously I think the home alone first two films. Uh, But of course he is known for duds too, because he did write script for home alone three and that's one of the worst films I've ever seen or try to watch. I, I didn't get through all of it. <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, so, I mean, 
it's just it is a night and day difference between the first Chronicles film and this one. I mean, it's just I couldn't wait for it to be over. I was like, God, just end this. This is this is this is embarrassing. I mean, it's just it's a night and day difference between Christmas Chronicles one and two. And obviously, you know, uh, we already reviewed the first one and we had a good time doing it earlier on when we started doing the Christmas films. Um, but mm-hmm. oh, man, I, would, I would have rather been talking about that movie so much more. Yeah. One. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to think of something positive to say about it. I, I really don't have anything positive to say. Um, other than, you know, North Pole looks like North Pole should look in a Santa Claus film, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that the elves, uh, the way that the elves interacted, and like they essentially try to make the elves gremlins in this one. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's, that's the vibe I, I get. I that feeling in the first one. Like, they were like these little creatures that kind of look like gremlins, but like older. Um, but, you know, I thought that was interesting, a concept to go with, you know, instead of like little people, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, did, I didn't like the CG in this, though. I thought it was worse. Um, I thought the the main elf that turns bad, his CG was awful. Oh, my God. It, mm-hmm. it was just so bad. And he didn't help matters because he, he just wasn't a very good I don't know if it's his acting or if it's just the character wasn't well written. It's just, I don't know. It just, nothing was well written in this movie though, so um, mm. it was just bad direction. I hate yeah, to say it, that because it's it is directed by someone that gave us a lot of fond memories as a child. You know, Chris and, Columbus. And I and I don't think that it actually like took like the first one. Man, it's just just thinking about it. The first one, they they did an excellent job with uh, having it take place like on Christmas and having like the, that Christmas feel to it, um, like especially like Santa delivering the presents and when the kids was helping them. I just really got, I really enjoyed that part um, and the connection they was that's connecting with. And this one, it actually takes place like several days before Christmas, I think, and and so there's no. The only real threat is the star, and you know he's gonna get the star back. You know, there's no, um, I don't know, man. I would say Kurt though. If I gotta say one positive thing, I say Kurt has shown that he makes an excellent Santa Claus. Um, yeah, and uh, and he like in the first one, you can tell he had so much fun with it. And I keep going back to the first one because it was just, hands down a better film uh, than this. This is just. This is a mess of a movie. It's like they they had a script, but they didn't know what to do with it. Um, I don't know, man. In my opinion, like yeah, Netflix. I guess it was a huge hit first time around. Netflix said, "Okay, we got to get this rolling for the sequel." And I just felt like it was rushed. Everything about it was rushed, <clears throat> and it obviously, I guess, ultimately killed any chance for a third. I imagine this didn't do well, so. Um, I mean, I've never heard anyone talk about this movie, which I found weird. Like, you didn't even bring it up. You never brought it up. I was like, I've heard no one talk about this sequel ever. And I was like, How, what's, it can't be that bad. I mean, and obviously I watch it and I'm like, it's one of the worst sequels I've ever seen. It's, it's yeah. on part of Home Alone 3. Like, really bad. It's just, yeah. If this was, if this was 
2020, I know that this would have definitely made your worst list uh, oh, for God. sure. Yes. <laughs> but, no doubt. Yeah. It's just a, it was just a, a travesty of a film. Um, uh, you ready to give your you ready to give your marks for it? I guess because yeah. I want to talk about something better. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a one out of five on the markout meter. I too would give it a one out of five. It's just not worth anyone's time. There's much better uh, Christmas films to watch. Uh, uh, Claws on uh, Netflix is it still the animated one? It's, yeah. uh, it's it's such a great film. The, the, did, it, did it hold up for you? Wouldn't yeah. you watch it again, didn't you? Yeah, I liked it better the second time, actually. So, yeah, I think it, it'll probably become a tradition. I watch that every year. But, yeah, it's a much better film. Uh, there's a lot on Netflix that's much better. 8-Bit, 8-bit Christmas on uh, HBO Max. Is, uh, I, I, I watched it again. It's by far such a great – it's so, so heartwarming. Uh, the father and son connection in there. Every time makes me tear up. It just um, Steve Zahn just like just reminds me of being a kid, and my dad forced me to go out and help him to, you know, put a fence up or do whatever. And I didn't really want to do it, but he was trying to help me and teach me lessons in life. Uh, so there's some good stuff out there. Not this. Stay away from Christmas Chronicles. Uh, on Prime, there's uh, Minds Are Yours. Uh, uh, something like that. Uh, Christmas at mine or your. I forget what it's the way it's. It's like a British uh, Christmas comedy, and it's actually really, really enjoyable. Um, and then you seen some. You said you would like to you mentioned as well recently. Uh, yeah, I watched one last night. Uh, Love Hard. Uh, I thought that was very entertaining. Um, it, it's like it's a rom com, but during Christmas. It deals with online dating, you know, how people lie about their pictures and stuff. But it's a it's a heartwarming story in the end. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, watch The Bishop's Wife, which is a classic uh, 1947 Cary Grant film. That's much better than this. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many more better, much better Christmas films than Christmas Chronicles, too. Absolutely. Well, we're going to move from Christmas Chronicles and we're going to briefly, we're going to try to end this before within 30 minutes. So we're going to talk briefly about the Fablemans. Uh, I, I'll make sure I spelled it right. I did. Um, uh, this growing up in post-World War II era, Arizona young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence, but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. Uh, starring the Oscar-worthy Michelle Williams in this film, it's Mitzi Fableman. Um, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel LaBelle is Sammy Fableman, who he should be nominated at least for something. I thought I, I thought you did well. I thought you did really good. Um, Paul Dano is Bert. You just love him in this movie. Uh, uh, Judd Hirsch as Uncle Boris, which I love him. And then even Seth Rogen knocks it out the park as Benny uh, Lowey. Uh, and it's just so many other people in this film. This is pretty much the biopic of Steven Spielberg, directed and written by him, <laughs> and uh, also written by um, 
let's see, Tony Kirshner. Uh, what do you think about this movie there, Brando? Oh, man, you, you know, when I saw the trailer the very first time, I mean, I was like, this is a movie I have to see in the theater because, you know, it's going to be magical. And it was. And, um, like, I still don't know what my best movie is going to be. All year I've said since it came out was Elvis. All year. But this is heavy competition. It really is. Um, I love the story. I love this kid watched, the, what is it, Greatest Show on Earth? Greatest Show on Earth, yeah. And it just it created a whirlwind, man. It just created so many possibilities of what he could do. And I remember having that kind of same reaction when I watched Jaws. I would do the same thing with my toys. And it, I don't know, it made me want to be a filmmaker after watching that movie. And so he had the same experience. And obviously, he did a lot more. He became Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> And it was great. I mean, if you're a fan, if if any Steven Spielberg movie you hold close to your heart, you're going to love this movie. It, you're going to cheer for this movie. You know, you, you just are. It's it's heartwarming. It's sad. Oh, man, with everything going on with the family. Oh, man. But I totally, got it too. I totally got it. I got Michelle Williams' character. And some people could be like, she's a bad person, but not really. She was... I don't want to spoil anything. I, I just got her character. I truly felt what she was feeling. And it, I don't know, man. It was just, it was a magical ride. Uh, you know, and a lot of people say Spielberg's lost a step or two. He hasn't, you know. Wait and, a minute. Hold up. Hold up. All right. No, there's no way. Like, literally, the, the last two Spielberg films I've watched was this and, um, and West Side Story. I thought West Side Story was excellent. I thought yeah, it was yeah. excellent. Uh, I thought, like, it made me, it made me uh, just, like, it's, oh, man, just so, it's so gritty. The, the, just, the, and still magical. See, Spielberg has that way of making something that you would think, I wouldn't, I don't even, you don't even do musicals like that, but he made it yeah. a magical the only reason I watched it because he directed it. So <laughs> that's why I was there. I'm, I'm not the biggest musical fan, you know. So he got me there and I loved it. Uh, it I, I appreciate musicals more because of him. So if a new one comes out, I'm probably going to watch it because I had such a good time with West Side Story. I haven't seen the original. So, you know, I think before that, the only movie I could really remember watching as far as a musical was probably Grease. You know, you know, I, I like that because of Travolta, but you know, I've never been a, mu a big musical person. Um, let's give Paul Dano a round of applause. He's, he was really he, good in this, and he's this has been his year, man. He was in uh, the Batman, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, who and he was really he's a really good villain as the Riddler. Um, uh, and he took it to a dark. A dark place. I, I, you know, honestly, let's let's be honest. Jim Carrey's Riddler was not at any way scary, uh, no. but but Paul Dano made him actually terrifying. Uh, you know, like a presence. Um, and but yeah, uh, he did he did that film, and then he went on to play a totally different character as Bert Fableman in uh, the Fablemans, and um, and he seemed like such a loving father, a loving husband. 
but he's very analytical. He very he thinks things and sees things, the mechanics of it. I love how he broke down to uh, young Sammy uh, what motion picture is, what makes it, and 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 just the way that he his mind thinks. I mean, his mother wants to show him the magic, and so that's what we get with Stephen. We get like a guy that can break down the the uh, analytical portion of it, but with magic and uh, and that experience of him, like the scene of him seeing this movie in the in in theaters and experience like the train crash and all that stuff, like it reminded me of uh, like seeing. Um, I remember seeing a couple a couple things. I remember never in the story. I remember thinking. Oh wow, there's just dragons flying, you yeah. know, and thinking like that's really cool. And then I remember uh, seeing three men and a little baby, and thinking I can see Ted dancing at this movie. He's like he'd be in the back. Like I didn't, it, it, my mind didn't understand that he's not li- literally there. Um, and uh, yeah, just, and then also uh, Stanley Cooper's full, full male jacket <laughs> took me to a different place. And I was a kid watching that movie, uh, but. Yeah, man, this this movies, man, can transport you to a new place, man. And and I, aren't we just so uh, aren't we so lucky to have Steven Spielberg as you know as a film filmmaker? So oh, absolutely, I mean, I, and I totally believe this. There's nothing that man can't do, film wise. You know, I, he can transform anything to anything, and I just. And he's done it throughout his whole career. It's just, he's unbelievable. To get a mind like that at the time he came up and still going today, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a miracle. It really is. I, I absolutely love him. I mean, I've always said this. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't I wouldn't be a, a guy that loves film or, or the imagination I have. It, it's, I say it's all because of him. Like, I'm the... <laughs> I ain't gonna say I'm the biggest Steven Spielberg mark there is, but I'm, I'm I like to think I'm up there. Um, I, You're pretty I, close. I absolutely love him. I cherish him. I mean, he's he's amazing. And I think yeah. Are you there? I'm trying to find. Him. I'm there. I'm trying to find it. Hold up. I'm in. There I am. Yeah. Uh, it went away for some reason. I had something pop up on the screen, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I want to real briefly before we uh, give our little marks for this. I want to highlight Michelle Williams, who is of your Dawson's Creek alumni. Yeah. Uh, would you would you say that she has had the most success out of anyone that has, that oh, came I, from Dawson's Creek? Without a doubt, it's not even close. Um, and, you know, Did you, could you tell then? On Dawson's Creek, that she was well, gonna. See, they all, they all gave great performances in Dawson's Creek. They had to. Uh, the material was that good, but I always could tell that she had something extra playing Jen. She had a mm-hmm. lot of uh, dr- dramatic scenes, so I always could tell she would would go places. How you doing, yeah. Becky? Uh, Brandon says hello. She can't hear you. I got my earbuds. Hi, Brandon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. She Merry says. Christmas. Be safe. Be safe. Uh, but no, I'm um, not going anywhere because it's the snow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, uh, yeah. I, I felt like yeah that she would go places. Um, 
I also thought Josh Jackson would have done more because with how he p- portrayed Pacey. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Michelle's been great. So you, I've career. never seen it. So, yeah, Katie Holmes, James Vanderbeek, jo- uh, Josh Jackson is yeah. in the name. Uh, and then Michelle Williams. Uh, Chris Smith. Chris Smith. I don't know him. Uh, what was he in? Kurt did the first Final Destination. Kind of played the oh, jock. The, yeah, the jock uh-huh. guy. So he, he was in. He's in that. Okay. And uh, then Kevin Williamson, who uh, wrote it. Yeah. Right. And who went, went up, went on to do Scream in his own has has his own career. You know, post Dawson's Creek. Um, I'm gonna have to one day watch that show, Brandon, for you. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, because you talk so so hip, so well about it. Um, you literally named your kid Dawson, so there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, but no, I I thought from what I've seen Michelle Williams in, uh, I thought I thought that she did an excellent job in this film. Uh, she she has in this movie, she steals every scene that she's in. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it just is Mitzi. Mitzi is a misunderstood woman, but you understand. But I, but like you said, you understand her. Yeah, you know where 100%. she's coming from. Mm-hmm. But and then uh, Judd Hirsch, man, uh, as Uncle Boris. I'm glad for his cameo. I consider it a cameo. As uh, you know, I, I love like he's in Taxi. He's in other stuff. But uh, I'm glad to see that this man is still getting work. He was also he's also in the Goldbergs. He's the uh, he's he's uh, the grandfather of the he's the father of the dad in the family, uh, which they wrote him off the show. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh man, this man, this movie, man. I want you kind of want another one. You want to kind of keep seeing Spielberg's career. Yeah, grown. I mean, you you got I mean. I don't know how well it's going to do because it, it's still not like it's limited. It's got a limited release. It didn't go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope it does well, though. I really do because I would absolutely love a sequel. You know, I mean, showing him directing Duel, um, even though it's not really him, him, but you know it's him. But it's him. But we know it's him. Like, like in watching this movie, there were scenes uh, – like with them kids, uh, and they was in there like scout stuff, but it kind of felt very much Indiana Jones. And for you know, well, yes, we know George Lucas technically directed Indiana Jones. Well, he wrote it. Well, well Spielberg directed it, and he right. wrote it. No, yeah. Lucas wrote it. Uh, Spielberg directed it. First, okay. Yeah. First four. Yeah. Like like there was a there was a uh, there was an Indiana Jones reference in this film. Uh, there was a um, uh, what was what else? There was a uh, um, there's a poltergeist. I feel like there's a poltergeist reference with the phone call, um, like very ominous. Yeah, it's just like this movie, man. This is gonna be one of my favorite movies like going forward like it's some a movie you want to see again and it inspires you want to see the other movies that spielberg liked as well that's what i said for myself yeah. oh absolutely yeah yeah I, I agree with that it's man i mean i felt it was always going to be great i just it was it was 
even better than I could have even imagined it being. I mean, it, it was, I feel it's one of his best films he's ever done. And that's saying something because he's done so much. But it is, it is, I think it is my favorite movie he's done in the last decade. And I, I really okay. liked Ready Player One. I really liked West Side Story, but I felt this was, I felt this was a passion project for him, though. Yeah, this is a story that he needed to tell. Um, and, you know, it's ambitious to, like, I've seen, I've, I've seen interviews with Michelle and Paul will say, Spielberg came to him and pretty much saying, well, you know, I, I want you to pay, play my parents. I want you to play my mother and my father. How much of an honor that is, man, to know that Spielberg wants you to play his his parents. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you went away for a minute. Um, but we'll go ahead and uh, let's give our mark outs for this film. Oh, it's easy. I mean, it's a five out of five. I mean, it's a five out of five for me. Uh, there is no, this, this is this is a perfect film, uh, honestly, in my opinion. Um, and it's going to make, make next week hard because we're doing our our list, our best and worst of, of 2022. So it's going to be fun. Um, but Are Brandon, you going to try to see Avatar? I'm going to try to um, eventually. I've heard uh, really good things well, about it. I also want to see uh, Violent Night. Uh, um, All the Santa movie. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I don't know if it's still playing, though. Well, now it's on home. Home, You can watch it at home. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Avatar would be the next one I really want to see. I don't want to see Whitney Houston. I heard nothing but bad things. Um, <laughs> I've heard I've, I've heard. I've heard it's pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Um, but oh, that's not good. Uh, no, it's not good for Whitney. Well, she's got dead, but it's not good for you know. Yeah, but, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, next week we're doing our best and worst. Uh, as of right now, we're gonna aim for maybe thirty best and ten worst. I don't know. Me and Brandon would discuss that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I've seen 30 films uh, well, that I, I like. Well, um, I have. <laughs> I know. You've seen, you've seen over 100 films this year. Um, but uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, Brandon, what are we going to do? We want you to like, share, and subscribe to the Mark Out Movie Podcast. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy Hanukkah. And may happy Kwanzaa, and you know, just have a yeah. Kwanzaa is a real thing, but I don't know what the saying is. Merry happy Kwanzaa. I think it's happy Kwanzaa. Uh, a friend of mine said to have a very good Kwanzaa, but we want you to have a happy Kwanzaa. Uh, but yeah, we want you to have a excellent time with your family and friends, uh, and be 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 sweet to each other, be nice to each other, right? And be safe out there. You've got to drive here in Warren County, uh, Logan. Yeah. Be careful. Absolutely. Be careful. Yeah. Safe travels. That's right. Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spivey. And we are the Markout Movie Podcasters.
Thank you for marking that with us. Stay away from Chronicle or Christmas Chronicles too. Just stay, stay far, far away. Watch Fablemans. You'll love it.